Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Well, as I mentioned, I'm going to continue with the second part of this uh, series, but I want to share a little story with you first. Uh, you may have heard this story. It goes like this. As his parents watched on the patio, a little boy played baseball by himself in the backyard. Of course, this amounted to tossing a ball into the air and attempting to hit it with his bat. And as he did so, he proclaimed to no one in particular, I'm the greatest hitter in the world. Unfortunately, he missed the ball. And since he was the umpire too, regretfully announced, strike one. Undaunted, the little fella picked up the ball and threw it back in the air and said, I'm the greatest hitter in the world. And he swung and he missed again. And with that, he said, strike two. And the boy paused a moment, examined the bat, examined the ball carefully, and then for a third time threw the ball into the air. I'm the greatest hitter in the history of baseball. And this time he swung with all he was worth, and he missed again, strike three. And he sat there for a moment. But after a minute or so, he turned to his parents, and much to their surprise said, Wow, I just struck out the greatest hitter in the world. I must be the greatest pitcher in the world. Yes. Now, I didn't share that for applause, but I shared it for the, the reason, simple reason of attitude. Attitude is everything. How many agree with me? Attitude is everything. You may have come here with not, not the greatest attitude. And, and when you come into church with not the greatest attitude, it makes it difficult to worship. Can we just be honest? And so attitude makes a difference. It makes the difference between a good day and a bad day. It makes the difference between a good marriage and a bad marriage. It makes the difference between good co-workers and bad co-workers. Because nobody wants bad co-workers. Ain't nobody got time for bad co-workers. Amen? A seasoned believer once said the following. Words can never adequately convey the incredible impact of our attitude toward life. The longer I live, the more convinced I become that life is 10% what happens to us and 90% of how we respond to it. 10% what happens to us and 90% how we respond to it is what this individual said. Have you ever considered that your choice of attitude affects your worship experience? As I asked, you know, it can impact us. I think that's clear. Uh, let's, let's face it, you're not going to face or feel 100% every time you walk in these doors. You may be tired. You may have had an argument before you got here. And that can affect you. And, and let me just tell you straight up, the enemy knows that. The enemy does not want you to worship in the house of God. The enemy wants to even keep you from the house of God, keep you from being with your brothers and sisters, because he, can, he knows he can weaken you spiritually. So with that said, this afternoon I want to continue this series. And here's what I, I want to recapture what we said last week. But 
All of humanity is wired internally to worship. All of us, believer or non-believer, we are going to worship something. But it's not always God who gets our praise and adoration, as we know, in this world. Sadly, some people get more excited about an athlete or an entertainer than they would ever get about God. How many remember seeing video clips of Elvis and women fainting at the sight of just Elvis or the sweat flying on them or a sweaty handkerchief that he would give them or whoever that might be. It could have been Michael Jackson. It could have been the Backstreet Boys. I don't know about that, but Michael Jordan, entertainers, athletes, people get excited about these, these uh, human beings. But yet, we introduce the creator of this world, God Almighty, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords, and we can just say, yeah, yeah, I know. And we don't get excited. That's kind of what I want to touch on today. See, all of us can easily clap our hands. We can lift our hands. We can shout for our favorite teams. You thought I was going to say in the house of God, right? For our favorite teams. We can shout at the concerts. We can shout when we're at the stadium. But how come we can't do it here for the God that saved you, that gave you eternal life? Can I get an amen? Come on, somebody. I need an amen. We are all wired internally to worship. There are some of my friends today that are worshiping the mountain of hiking right now. They worship hiking. There are some that worship other things other than the Creator. People I know that are out there doing something, they are worshiping something. You and I, again, will worship something. But what I do want to tell you today is the worship of God is holy. It's set aside. It's special. It's not just something that you do and go through the motions with. It's holy. You see, when God shows up, He touches you. He heals you. He touches you on the inside. He can speak to you. Why do you, why do you think it is that you can sing in a worship set or you can pray at home and worship and all of a sudden you feel emotion. You feel tears coming down your cheeks. You feel the presence of God and you're there by yourself. Why is that? It's because you're wired to worship. The Lord reveals himself through his word and through our worship to him. So what I'm telling you is if you never read your word and if you never worship him, you'll never know God. It's that simple. Can I get an amen? It really is. Worship matters. Worship matters to God. And the question I have at the outset is, does worship matter to you? Does it matter to you? Listen, and this is what I said last week, and I just want to touch on it again because I think it's profound what a pastor by the name of John MacArthur said. He said the following, Worship is our innermost being responding with praise for all that God is through our attitudes, our actions, our thoughts, and words based on the truth of God as He has revealed Himself. And he goes on to say, Worship, by the way, is not music. Whoa. And the musicians are giving me a death stare right now. Okay. Worship is not music. Worship is loving God. Worship is honoring God. 
Worship is knowing God for who he is, adoring him, obeying him, proclaiming him as a way of life. Music is one way you, we express that. So don't just get caught up that worship only means this up here. It doesn't. This is just a tool to introduce you to worship. Worship is what you are doing. They're worshiping, but you in turn are also worshiping at the same time. Is that making sense? That's what I'm trying to convey to each of us today. Music is just one way we express that adoration, the worship of God Almighty. If you have your Bible, I'd invite you to turn to the book of Romans. It's right after the book of John, which is right after the book of Luke, which is after the book of Mark. I skipped the book. I skipped Acts. Yes. Thank you. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, and then Corinthians, and so forth. Okay, Romans chapter 12, and I'm going to read the first three verses. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, and this is the NASB version. Listen to these words. Therefore, I urge you, I urge you, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Let me just stop there. What he's telling us right here is how we can worship. We can worship in different ways. He's telling us to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. When you do that to God, that is your reasonable, that is your spiritual service of worship. Another version says your, your reasonable worship. Verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word. You know, the, the English word worship comes from two root words, and I just want to explain them. But worth means honor. Worth means honor or worthiness, and ship means to create, to create. So to worship is to create an expression of honor or attribute worth to the object of worship. So you can worship golf. You can worship um, the lotto. You can worship, I mean, you fill in the blank. People do all sorts of crazy things for, and they worship them. But here's the thing, when we acknowledge God and honor Him, we worship Him. Uh, I'll just share, when I told you this last week, I believe, when I was in Israel, and this was nine years ago, ten, eight, nine years ago, this March, early March, I was in Israel, and I remember waking up one early morning because I wanted to see the sunrise over the Sea of Galilee. How many know those are precious moments when you get to do that? And so I went, woke up, was by myself, went to the seashore, perfect, beautiful, um, sunny day. The sun is just barely cracking over the mountains, over towards uh, Jericho. And then I could just see, you know, the Lord walking on the water. Because this is where the Lord walked on the water. This is where he calmed the seas on the same body of water. And I'm here worshiping God. I'm praying and worshiping God. I had, and I'll tell you this, I had the most intense 
time there of worship in my entire life, right there by myself. No music, no musicians, no pastor speaking to me. My honey wasn't even there. I was just there by myself. It was just me, God, and the seagulls, and the nice, flat-as-glass Sea of Galilee. Not a boat on the water at that hour. It was so beautiful. And I remember just tears coming down because I was so thankful, praising God for his presence. I mean, it was, it was real. It was real. Here's the thing. Number one, worship is not praise. What do I mean by that? Worship is our response to the revelation of who God is. Worship is how we respond. There has to be a response from you and I. There has to be. I didn't put this scripture or give them to put this up on the screen, but the scriptures tell us in the Old Testament that if we don't cry out and worship, the stones, the rocks will cry out and worship. God created you and I so that we would worship him. And if we don't worship him, he'll just move you out of the way and he'll say, stones, worship me. Begin to worship me. Uh, when I go to Yosemite, I see the granite. I think that worships God right there. It declares his grandness. It declares his majesty. It declares how wonderful and great God is by just the creation of the stones or the granite. Amen? Listen to this verse here in Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11. Talking about how the purpose of our existence is to give, give God pleasure. It says here, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. See, he's worthy, the scripture says, to receive glory and honor and power. That's why you were created, to give him that. Amen? And all of creation does indeed, praise God, all of creation does. It reveals who he is and points to his glory. But it doesn't worship him, you do. He so wants you and I to worship him. He said he'll make the rocks cry out, but he doesn't want to do that. He wants you and I to cry out, Lord, you're worthy. We love you, Lord. You are great. You are glorified today, Lord. <coughs> Excuse me. Praise acknowledges what God has done and proclaims who he is. So when I say I praise you, Lord... What I'm really saying, I praise you for your faithfulness. I praise you for your goodness to me. I praise you for taking away my sins. I praise you for blessing my home. I praise you for blessing me with health. That's what praise is. Worship, again, though, is, is what encompasses all of our life. It's what encompasses our life when we leave here 24-7. How we move, how we, how we live our life, that is worship. You see, worship is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. True worshipers offer themselves completely in praise and in worship. Thank you, Jesus. Can you pass me the bottle, please? Thank you. It's only got water. Thank you. And it's ice cold. Probably not the best thing. Second point is, Worship 
is not music. So the first one was worship is not praise. The second thing is worship is not music. Music is not the same as worship. You're probably looking at me going, what do you mean by that? We just heard beautiful music and we worship God. Well, I think that <clears throat> we've been confused in our world. Our world confuses us, church world I'm talking about, by telling us that the songs we sing corporately at church is called worship. You've ever heard this? Oh, welcome to our worship service. Welcome to our day of worship. Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're about to worship the Lord. And if <clears throat> we're not careful, we can just make it or uh, imply that it's only during this time that we worship. Worship is the, the whole service. Worship is in your giving back at that black box or how you tithe electronically. Worship is partaking in Holy Communion. Amen? Music that speaks of the majesty of God and proclaims the gospel or testifies of our experiences with God is simply an outward expression of worshipful hearts. But we can worship God without music. How many worship God without music? I know you're probably used to turning on something on either on the radio, Spotify, sound, whatever, and you listen to your, your set of songs, right? <clears throat> Most of us do something like that. But it doesn't have to be surrounded by music. It can be in silence. You can worship. But God does want you to verbalize. God wants you to declare it. Amen? We can worship without music. Again, music is an amazing way, an amazing tool to worship God. There are some amazing, talented musicians, and we've all known some. We've, 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 we've had Nigel in the house here. I can't, you know, this young man is so talented. He is so talented. Uh, my daughters who love to worship, God has led them and, and guides them every day they come up here. But here's the thing. We need to be reminded that, it is, that as beautiful as music can be, as touching as it can be to your soul, music in itself is not worship. We can worship God beautifully with or without music. Amen? Music is a tool to lead you into the presence of God. Worship music. So here's the, the point. We can worship anywhere and any place with music or without. Is that clear? Amen? Amen. That's what I love about being able to worship God Almighty. And my third point and final point is worship is not just going to church. Okay, I get the keys. I get in the car. Um, okay, I guess... I'm worshiping now because I showed up. No. It, it, and again, if you've been in the church for a while, if you've been a believer for a while, you've heard the, the term worship service. Just because you walk in through these doors doesn't mean you're worshiping. Uh, exactly. Uh, just because you're in the garage doesn't make you a car. Right? Doesn't make you a car just because you're in the garage. You do realize that in the same way, you go to church, it doesn't make you a believer or a worshiper. There are steps along the way. Amen? But worship is engaging. Everybody say engaging. In the very act of worship means that you got to do something. You can't worship like this. 
You can't worship like that. It just, it's not going to happen. To worship, we engage. I've already mentioned it, but I've been to football games. I'm engaged. I'm throwing up my hands. I'm going, yes, Montana to Rice. Wow, I sure dated myself, huh? Throwing my hands up like this. I'm clapping. That was a 30-yard run by Roger Craig, number 33. That's awesome. But yet I come to church, and I can't clap my hands, and I can't raise my hands to a God that created us? Oh, my, I'm missing the point. Amen. We have to engage. But our modern-day church, here's what happens. No, I'm not just talking our church. I'm talking in the, in the corporate church world. If we don't like the song, we disengage. If the music's too loud, we disengage. If, if it's not entertaining enough, we disengage. If the pastor goes on and on and on, we disengage. And the Lord, the moment he brings us together, the scripture says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. In other words, get together every single opportunity you can and engage. Engage, amen? See, do you realize that the enemy of your souls is attempting to cut off your legs? He, he doesn't want you to engage. He doesn't want you to worship. He doesn't want you to take a step closer to knowing this God that created you. He wants you to just, hey, you're okay. Just go through the motions. You showed up. That should count for something. It doesn't work that way. Because the devil knows that if you truly begin to worship the Lord, he will truly begin to reveal himself to you. Amen? And change your life. You've heard me say this, that when you come here, I pray that you don't leave the same. You'll leave the same like that. But you'll never leave the same when you're engaged. Amen? But Pastor Rick, you don't know my personality. I, I'm just shy and withdrawn. I, I don't get emotional like that. I've just never been like that. Oh, but when that entertainer that you went to go hear or that sports event you went to, it didn't work that way then. I'm just giving examples, right? There's nobody here like that, but I'm just saying how we can engage with something that captures our attention, captures our fancy, but yet, God Almighty, we just go through the motions. I'm, I'm just trying to help us to understand we need to worship and be engaged in worship. Amen? You see, God isn't just calling us to attend church as passive observers. He wants us engaged in worship. And I'm going to further touch on passivity. In the last two years... COVID has caused our churches to become more passive than ever, more just to go through the motions than ever. And what do I mean by that? Well, we went from attending church, being part and active and participating, being engaged, to all of a sudden watching on Zoom, watching on YouTube, watching on Facebook, from our couch, from our sofa, from our bed, and not having to engage and we became used to that. We got comfortable with that. 
Let me just remind you, that was never God's plan. God wants you and I to be together as believers, to support each other, to encourage each other, to pray for each other. Amen? And you can't do that when you're disconnected, when you're not engaged. And this has led to people becoming detached. We've, we've lost some people in the last two years. People have not been, remained connected with our church, and they are losing their spiritual life right now as we speak. It's not to go through the motions. We serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. We serve God Almighty. God is truly calling us to a much, much deeper worship, level of worship. Worship that penetrates to the very core of our being. Like when I was in, sitting there at the Sea of Galilee on the seashore, I mean, that penetrated me to the core of my being. It stirred me. I was with nobody else, but I remember capturing it on video and then sharing it with Anna that same morning. It was morning there, and it was like 10.30 at night over here. And they were getting ready for bed, and I'm sharing that because I couldn't get over the, the experience. The Lord is revealing himself to us through worship. He is waiting for us to offer him our bodies, as the scripture said, as living sacrifices to worship him, him with our whole lives. This is why we clap our hands. This is why we raise our hands. This is why we shout, because he wants us actively engaged. Amen? He wants us actively engaged. This is the definition of someone who worships in spirit and in truth. We are engaged not just in a worship service, but we're engaged all the day long. Hopefully when you leave from here, whether it's to a restaurant, whether it's to home, you get to say, God is good. God is so good. I'm going to praise him in the morning. I'm going to praise him in the noontime. I'm going to praise him in the nighttime, in the evening. There's a song that goes like that. I used to love to sing that. All of us need to learn to praise him 24-7. So my final question is this, are you satisfied with your worship? If I can have the musicians come up here, otherwise known as my daughters. Give them a big hand, yes. Question again is, are you satisfied with your worship? I want that to just roll around in your mind. Have you allowed the Lord to penetrate deep into your soul and speak to you? Or are, are there walls still there? You're not sure? You just haven't let that wall down, possibly? But the Lord wants you to lower any defense. He's, he's right here wanting to just touch your soul, touch your spirit. Amen? Do you need to come to the Lord today and renew your desire to worship God? Do you need to come? Have you praised and worshiped God today? Or is this the first moment today, here in the last hour, that you've actually even thought about God and worshiped God? Hopefully not. When we really worship Him correctly, God will make Himself more real, will reveal Himself to you 
more than ever before. Will you stand with me as we close this afternoon? Are you satisfied with your worship? We're going to sing this song again. And I would invite you. There's something special about stepping out of your comfort zone, coming up to an altar, and just praising God and just saying, Lord, here I am. There's something that God does when you step out. Yes, I know you can worship perfectly fine from where you're at. But I would challenge you today to step out of your comfort zone and come up here and find a place where you could just worship God this afternoon as we close. Go ahead and let's go into this song as we worship the Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Father, for this time. I pray, Lord, that you speak to everyone here that comes up to the front right now. Speak to this church. Speak to every individual. Make yourself real. Reveal yourself to each person here today. Speak to their core being, Father. You created them. We put our trust in you today, and we look to you, Father. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.